You know, guys, we're, we're doing a series called Living Beneath the Surface. Really, it's a, an examination of Paul's letter to the Philippians. So we're, we're, we're more than halfway now. We're in chapter 3, and we've been looking at what it is to have a meaningful relationship with Christ. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you, as we get now into chapter 3, he's going to be a little bit more specific about what you need to know for your relationship with Jesus. Now you say, George, okay, great, wonderful, that's what Philippians is about. What does that have to do with me living on the surface? Well, here's the thing. Well, here's what I've noticed because I've been there. For most of us, Christianity, and I can say this because this is where I was at. I grew up with slogans like, it's all about Sunday, stupid. And But that's not Christianity. Christianity is not all about the Sunday service that we attend. But for a lot of us, it is. It's as far as the Christianity that we embrace, as far as what we expect something from, it's all about one hour on Sunday morning, or two hours, or two and a half hours, no matter how long we're here. And that's it. And then maybe the few moments that we pray throughout the week, like right before we have our meal, or if we're in the midst of a crisis and God help me, and that's it for Christianity, and, we, and we're okay with that. What scares me is, is that we're okay with that. What scares me is that one time, I myself was okay with that kind of Christianity. Not having any expectation of anything except that I needed to go to church, needed to carry the right Bible, needed to tithe, and I'll be back next Sunday. Unless something else comes up, of course. Right? But that's not Christianity. In fact, let me go ahead and say this to you right now. That's not what Jesus died on a cross for. I mean, think about that for a moment. How we make our religious lives so boring is not why Jesus gave himself on the cross to die a cruel death so that you could have forgiveness to be bored the rest of your life. But that's what we think. But there is something so much more to the Christian life. But there's the problem. The problem is, is we all dwell on the surface and something keeps us on the surface and God wants us to go deeper. God wants us to go deeper in our relationships with Jesus. So let me tell you what keeps us on the surface. You may want to write this down. Here's what keeps you on the surface. Pride. P-R-I-D-E. Pride keeps you on the surface. I want you to hear me. Pride. Because what keeps you on the surface is your thoughts about yourself and how you think you're doing. It's your thoughts about yourself and how you think you're doing that keeps you on the surface. That's what keeps you thinking that this level of lifeless interaction with God is okay and you really don't want to get beneath the surface because you've told yourself, and this is a prideful thought, I don't want to be weird. Because we have in our mind that being 
Spiritual, as God wants us to be, being beneath the surface is weird. I'm going to become a holy roller, a holy Joe. I have to talk that lingo, carry that Bible. But that's not what it is. There's actually something so much more, and we're going to see it today. In fact, we're going to talk about, listen to me, spiritual confidence. We're going to talk about what you put your confidence in spiritually. And we're going to reflect on it, first of all, from a negative standpoint. What is it that we're putting our confidence in that, can I be honest with you, keeps you on the surface? When we look go through this list of five things, you're going to see that for a lot of us, we put our trust in that, we put our pride in that, and it keeps us on the surface. And then we're going to see what Paul says is true spirituality. So let's look. Look with me, verses 4 through 9. Remember earlier in verses 1 to 3, he was telling us to be careful. He was warning us about false teachers who would rob us, keep us on the surface. So now he's going to talk about what it is to be on the surface and what really is true spirituality. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 4. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has that he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things are gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness the righteousness which is from God by faith. So here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take verses 4 to 6, and we're going to talk about self-confidence. This is what will keep you on the surface. We're going to go through that, and then we're going to talk about, in verses 7 through 9, true spirituality. So let's talk about it. Because I've been there. I'm pretty sure some of you are there right now where you are on the surface where you have no expectation of God doing anything because you just don't have that type of relationship to expect anything. In fact, you possibly find church at certain times to be boring. I hope the music's good this week. Or I hope George doesn't make me go to sleep. I'm really tired this week. And you know how he just drones on. That's called living on the surface. Because your expectation is about a service one hour a week rather than a relationship which is 24-7. So let's talk about self-confidence. First thing I want you to see. Some people rest their confidence in spiritual actions. Some people rest their confidence in spiritual actions. So let me just stop for a moment. Let's talk about this. Paul is saying here, you know what, if anyone can have confidence, he's talking about as Christians we have no confidence in the flesh, verse 3. 
That is, we don't trust in anything that we do for our righteousness or what Jesus has given us. But he says, there are some people who do, though. They, they rest in their religious actions to guide them. In fact, he goes on and says, if anyone could, I can even more. So he goes through a list of things here that kind of point out to you these religious actions that he rests in, such as, listen to what he says, circumcise the eighth day. Now, what is he talking about? Well, according to the law, a Jewish male boy was to be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. And that was when he was supposed to be circumcised. So Paul's saying here, look, as far as my pedigree, I was circumcised on the day that I was lawfully to be circumcised. He's talking about his religious action here. He goes on and says, look, what does he say there? He says, who, he says that he was of the stock of Israel. He's a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's resting in his religious actions. He has confidence in that. He sees, he used to see things in terms of who he was as a person. Here's the problem. You and I do the same thing. You say, well, I'm not Jewish. I haven't been circumcised. If I was, it wasn't on the eighth day. Might have been the day. That's not the point he's making here. He's talking about religious actions. Here's some things that we can rest in. I've been going to church all my life. My mama and my daddy or my grandmama took me to Sunday school and to church. I still have the original Bible that my grandma gave me to read. I can't read it, but I have it. That's resting in what? Religious actions. We have confidence in that. That will what? Keep you on the surface. If all your spirituality is, is what happened to you as a child, the religious actions of what you were brought up in, there's no confidence there, Paul says. But some people put their confidence there. Here's the second thing. Look at what he says. You can have a false confidence because of your religious upbringing. You can have a false confidence because of your religious upbringing. What does he say there? Concerning the law of Pharisee. What's he talking about? He says, I was taught the right things. See, they can live on the surface. Their Christianity is simply based upon what someone else taught them. Let me tell you that's an interesting thing for me as a pastor. This has been true whether I've pastored here for 16 years or I've pastored in Canada. It's very interesting to me because I meet people who do not go to church. But they used to go to church, but they don't go to church anymore. So I'll say to them, well, you know, you might be interested in coming to our church. Oh, no, I don't think I should go there. Why? What Bible do you use? That's an interesting one. I always know what they're talking about. They're wanting to know if we use the King James Bible. Interesting. So I'll say, no, we use the new King James Bible, which is the 1984 version of the 1611. You're using, if you use a King James Bible, the 1759 version. We just happen to use a more modern version. 
But, I'll, well, we don't really want to go there. What is your opinion on this and your opinion on that? And I'll listen to that and I'll say, oh, well, that's interesting. Now, here's the thing. As I'm listening to that, they're telling me why they can't come here. Because they have a level of Christianity that they're comfortable with. But then when you find out they haven't been to church, are you ready for this? Not in two weeks, not in six months. They probably haven't been to church, are you ready? Six years. But see, they're living on the surface in their Christianity because as long as they're doing all of these things, they're okay. What's going on there? They have a false confidence concerning their religious upbringing. And that's what they're resting in. You know people like that, right? They're not living as they should be living. In fact, they live like they don't know. Like basically, the way their lives live are expressing that they don't have any belief. But if you talk to them, it's got to be the right Bible. It's got to be the right church. They have a false confidence because of their religious upbringing. Here's the third one. They have a false confidence because of their religious heritage. Religious heritage. He says, again, look there, he said, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee. That was his spiritual heritage. Here's, this is the, this is the guy or the gal who rests in that they're a Christian because, are you ready for this? Because grandma was a Christian. Because grandma went to church. Because mama went to church or daddy went to church. Now they don't go to church. In fact, if you were to talk to grandma, they've been praying for so and so to go to church with them for years. But they think they're okay because grandma has faith. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Grandma may have faith, but that has nothing to do with your faith. Your faith is your faith, and that's what it's judged for is itself, not what grandma did. Do you understand? And so people live on the surface based upon what their family heritage is. But here's the thing. Very clear all the way through the Bible. In the Old Testament, one generation's righteousness will not be accounted to the next generation, nor one generation's unrighteousness will be accounted to the next generation. What does that mean? Each person is personally responsible. But when you live on the surface, you're resting in a false confidence in somebody else. That's what he's talking about here. Here's the final thing. Actually, he's got two more. You have a false confidence because of your religious knowledge. He said, concerning the law of Pharisee, that doesn't just reflect his heritage and so forth. That reflects his understanding of the Bible. See, a lot of people, when they view Christianity, they view it in terms of, are you ready for this, how they can answer the Bible questions. Whether or not they can answer the Bible questions, then they really think and say, well, you know, I must be okay because I know the answers. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. You can know all kinds of answers and not know anything. You can be deceived. They have a false confidence in their knowledge. What does Paul say? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. What? That knowledge? What? Without love is what? Nothing. Knowledge puffs up. What does that mean? It feeds your pride. You know, here's the thing. 
You can rest in how superior and how good you are in church based upon your knowledge, but nobody else remembers when you gave that really good answer at that Bible study. Have you noticed that? Oh, there's so-and-so. You should have heard how he answered that question about God two years ago. I'm still blown away by it. Nobody remembers that except Bill. He remembers that he gave that whopper of an answer. Why? Because he's resting his confidence there. He has a false confidence in his religious knowledge. Here's the final one. I said that was the final one. I got one more. You have a false confidence because of your religious activities. Look at what he says. Concerning the law of Pharisees, look at verse 6. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. He had a false confidence that he was doing all the right things. Now, here's what I'm saying. How do you know that you're struggling with this? Well, first of all, let me just stop for a moment. Does Does everybody here recognize that nobody has perfect weeks? How many of you have had a perfect week where nothing went wrong? Could you raise your hand for us? We would like to shake your hand and say, I know that person. Wow. Everybody here has had something go wrong in the last week, right? Okay. I sure did. I think I had something go wrong even today. In fact, stuff goes wrong that I'm not even aware of. Sometimes I don't find out about it till later. How many of you know what I'm talking about there, right? Okay, so listen to me. The problem is, is that When stuff goes wrong, here's how you know you're having a false confidence. You cry out to God in anguish. Oh, God, help me with my problem. How many of you do that? Not the way I said it, but how many of you do that? We do, right? Now here's the next thing. This reveals that you have a false confidence. God, why are you doing this to me? I go to Kerwinsville Christian Church. I listen to George every week. In fact, there's sometimes I listen to him on the app. God, I give. I gave my last $5. God, I helped that. I let that lady on Black Friday get in front of me at the checkout and waited 30 minutes for her. Don't we do that? What are we doing? We're placing our confidence in our religious actions. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. It's great that you're here. You need to be here. But see, you're here not for spirituality. You're here because of spirituality. There's a difference. You give not because that's what you should do. You give because you want to, because God is moving in your heart to give. You serve not because you have to, but because you want to serve out of love for him. There's a difference. But see, when you rest in those things, it keeps you on the surface of your Christianity. That's what Paul's talking about here. He said, of all these things, religious heritage, religious knowledge, all of these things, he said, I could have had confidence in all of that stuff, but that was just what? False confidence. 
False confidence, self-confidence. Can I tell you what every single one of those things? Let me just go through the list again. Every single one of them. Spiritual actions, religious upbringing, religious heritage, religious knowledge, and religious actions. Again, what do they appeal to? What do they rest in? Here's the word, pride. 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 So what does Paul say about this? Paul's going to go now. He's going to say, that's the way I used to be. Here's the interesting thing. When we talk about these things, Paul's saying, that's the way that I was. He's not talking about somebody else here. He's talking about himself. So now he kind of drifts over now in verses 8, verse 7, 8, 9, and talks about true spirituality. And this is what's going to get you beneath the surface, folks. Listen, are you like me? Are you tired of the same old humdrum Christian life where you're not seeing God working in your life? You have no expectations of anything from him. If that's where you're at, you need to hear what he's saying here. Because he's going to open it up to you. I've been thinking about this all week. It's like blowing up in my mind. Listen to what he talks about, true spirituality. Look with me, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, I count them loss for Christ. Yet I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Here's what I want you to see. Three things. True spirituality. Number one, it understands that things that give us confidence are meaningless. Paul looks back at his life and all that religious upbringing, all those spiritual actions that took place, not because of him, but because of others around him, that he was resting in, his knowledge, his spiritual actions. He looks at all of that and he realizes that the things that he was placing his confidence in were meaningless. They were nothing. See, listen to me. If you want to get beneath the surface in your Christian life, can I tell you, you need to chuck some things in your mind. And here's what you got to chuck. You gotta chuck whatever somebody did in your life to bring you to where you are now. Yes, that was wonderful, but that's not the basis of true spirituality. It's you in your relationship with Jesus. It's not how much Bible knowledge you know, because you can have a meaningful relationship with Christ and not have a superior knowledge in a whole bunch of other things. It's not what some, what your grandmama did, because again, it's what you do, not what your grandmama does. It's what you do in your relationship with Jesus. And all that other stuff that we rest in, heritage, all of that, which church we go to, how much we give, how much we do, all of that stuff is meaningless. Meaningless. Because I'm telling you that, I'm reminding of Jesus. Remember, he was in the temple and he's watching all the people coming by and giving, giving, giving. They're putting, making these big offerings and the announcement's going up, so-and-so gave so much. 
And in the midst of all of that, people putting their confidence in the surface, a widow comes by and she puts in two mites. That's not even a half a penny, folks. And Jesus said she gave more than all of them gave. That's reality. It's not what we do on the surface. That's all meaningless. It understands that the things that we have confidence in are meaningless. Can I tell you right now, if you're here this morning, wonderful. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're hearing this. But you being here this morning doesn't draw you closer to Jesus. It doesn't. It's all meaningless. There's only one thing that's meaningful. That's him. Here's the second thing. True spirituality. Compared to the relationship with Jesus, they are nothing but garbage. All the stuff that we're resting in, all of the stuff that we're resting in that feeds our pride, that keeps us on the surface, is nothing more than garbage. And let me just stop for a moment. When it says the word garbage here, it's not talking about what you set out to the curb on your garbage day. You know, like I set out, you know, Thursday's our garbage day, okay? So I or the boys will set out our, our things, and they're in, in little nice white bags that are fragrant now to make sure you don't smell anything, right? And we think, oh, that's garbage day. Oh, that's just, oh, I just hate putting the garbage out. That's not what the word rubbish is talking about here. The rubbish here is talking about a rubbish heap. If you go to the third world, you'll, you'll see in different places where there are piles of garbage, where everybody dumps their garbage in one place. That's what it's talking about here, a rubbish heap. If you really want to equate it in your mind what he's talking about, how many of you had to go to Brockway? to the waste management area because maybe you had a mattress you needed to get rid of or got something big and you went and you paid and you drove in there and everywhere you looked were mounds and mounds of garbage. How many of you have done that? Yes, okay. That's what we're talking about here. It's saying that all of that stuff that we are putting in our trust in compared to the relationship with Jesus is just mounds of garbage. It's a dump. A dump. That's why you're living on the surface. You're putting your trust in garbage. Do you know what I'm saying? So he says one more thing here. Verse 9. It understands that righteousness only comes through faith in Jesus. Only comes through faith. It's not all this other stuff. See, you're putting your, when you talk about self-confidence, you're putting your faith in stuff and all this other stuff. You're putting in what grandma said. You're putting in what church you go to. You're putting it in what your, what your Bible knowledge is and so forth. You're putting it in your service and so on. That's where you're putting your faith in is that you're okay with God because you're doing all this other stuff. Here's what he's saying in verse nine. It's not by righteousness that comes through the law, but by righteousness that comes through what? Faith. In Jesus Christ. See, that's what living beneath the surface is. It's living by faith. It's, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's coming to the place, and I had to come to this place a few years ago. I had to come to this place and realize and say to him, 
Lord, it's not how good a preacher I am. It's not how big the church is. It's not how much stuff I'm doing. It's not how perfect I am. It's not any of that, Lord. All of that is meaningless to you. It is you, you alone, dying for me on the cross. Not because I deserved it, it's because I didn't deserve it. It's you, Jesus. That's what I want, is you, Jesus. And I have faith in you, not in all this other stuff, because all this other stuff, I could become a very big, are you ready for that, zero. In fact, as I'm thinking about it right now, let me just say this. Some of you here, you're saying to me, George, you know, that's great if I had confidence in all that stuff, but I don't have any confidence anymore because I messed up at some point in my life, and so I have no more confidence. I am actually have the exact opposite. I'm living on the surface because I don't think there's any hope for me. Because I messed up here, or I did this, and this is what's following me. Here's what I want you to understand. Righteousness is not based upon what you've done or haven't done. It's based upon what Jesus did for you, and faith in that. Do you understand? See, that's where you begin to live. Whether you've messed up or not, you can still live beneath the surface because of what Jesus did for you. Do you understand? You say, okay, what do we do with this? Well, here's what I want you to ask yourself. Here's what I want you to ponder. Here's what I want you to process in your mind. Number one, spiritual self-confidence will keep you on the surface. You would say to me, George, I really want something more out of my relationship with Jesus. I really want to see God working in my life. I really want to sense his presence in my life and in my prayer time. I really want to sense him in a real way in my life. Okay, I I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. But you got to ask yourself a question. If you got to ask yourself the question, why don't you sense that now? Is it possible that you've put your confidence in something else other than Jesus? What do you mean I put my confidence in something? Well, let's go through the list. Is it possible that you have put your confidence in the spiritual actions of others? Is it possible that you've put your, your, your confidence in your upbringing? Your religious upbringing. Is it possible that you put your confidence in your religious heritage because of your mother or your father or your grandpa or your grandmother or whatever? Is it possible that you're putting your confidence in how much you know about the Bible? Or you think you know about the Bible? Is it possible that you're putting your confidence in your religious actions? Listen, the reason why you might not be seeing God working in your life on a daily, weekly basis is because you're putting your confidence in something other than himself. Do you understand that? And spiritual self-confidence will keep you on the surface. I'm telling you folks, I'm tired of living on the surface. Aren't you? Then we've got to examine our lives. So that brings me to the second point. 
Going deeper means you must pursue the relationship with Jesus. Going deeper means you must pursue the relationship with Jesus. You've got to pursue it. You've got to pursue it. You've got to make the decision that you're not okay with the status quo. See, we get that way, don't we? We get that way in our, in our friendships. We get that way in our marriages. We get okay with our relationships being the way they are. But the problem is, if you notice that relationships don't always stay on that plateau where we think everything's okay. Relationships always deteriorate over time. I want you to hear me. I'll say it again. Relationships always deteriorate over time. That's why we like to say that marriage is what? Hard work. You got to work at it. Because you have to actively pursue something. And so when you think about your relationship with Christ, it's not just always going to be mountaintop experiences, wonderful the way it was when I first got saved. Now you're sitting there later and you're thinking, wow, why isn't it like that anymore? You quit pursuing. You quit chasing after him. You quit pursuing. See, Going deeper means you must pursue something more. You decide, I'm not satisfied with where things are at in my relationship with Jesus. I want something more, Jesus. But you got to make that decision. All I can do is encourage you. Do you understand what I'm saying? All I can do is encourage you. You have to be the one to make that decision. In fact, let me just encourage you with that. Next week, we're going to look at verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 and 11 go together. Paul expresses in verses 10 and 11 his desire for that relationship. And we're going to talk about what it means to pursue that relationship next week. But here's what I want you to understand. None of it will make any sense to anybody unless you want it. So that's the question you need to live with here today. Do you want it? Do I want it? Or are you okay with the way things are? And I'm going to be honest with you. If you're honest with yourself, you have to say no. You want something more. So let's stop living on the surface, will we? Let's start trying to live beneath the surface. And that only comes through what? Pursuing Jesus. Let me pray for you.